You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary. This isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did, um, did Caesar live here? Um, no. I didn't think so. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Notorious B.I.B. on the text line says, Firth is in the Norris area. Come on, Nick. Learn your surroundings. Yeah, I said Nick. that. Come on, man. I said that. I said it's the Firth, uh, Firth area is yeah, what Norris. Are you, what are you doing? Firth and... You should know. Mark, K. Used Firth. To, Mark used to live in Firth and he went to Norris. Our signal's also in Firth. It is. So... Uh, That's why when you get close to the station, the signal gets bad because the radios. The, or sunspots, not the radio, remember? The, yeah, sunspots. It's sunspots because the the tower is not here. We don't. The tower is not, the tower in, this is not in this building. That would be weird. It's, it's unfortunately not going to be in the building when we move downtown. I nope. So all right, let's go to the Honda Lincoln Hotline. We're joined by our, our good friend Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, did you know Norris is in the Firth area? Uh, yes, I uh, used to cover preps and was out at Norris nice. quite a bit, so um, was over there with the uh, Titans quite often. Good stuff. Uh, there's a lot of coaches out and about today. I saw there's a, there, Donovan Riola and Marcus Satterfield are at Pinnacle High School, obviously the home of Dylan Riola. Does this make you feel any more confident that the number one quarterback picks Nebraska? Uh, no, it does not. But, <laughs> um, still, still a very good high school, just yeah. regardless to go and to go and see and uh, make relationships. But uh, um, yeah, with the uh, Dylan Riola front, no, it does not. Shoot. Well, it was worth a try. Which was... high school would you be, rather be visiting, Pinnacle or Matter Day? Um, Matter Day, I mean, um, in regards to Nebraska's uh, class, next uh, 2024 class, I think Matter Day's um, yeah. got, a, got a couple ones that would be really um, um, big, big-time pickups uh, for the 2024 class over there at Matter Day. Well, Steve, uh, not, not to keep – talking about recruiting because we are going to get to the actual roster really quickly i saw greg your guys's colleague uh announced that isaiah mcmorris is going to take an official visit to nebraska in the middle of june i mean that's a pretty big deal because mcmore isaiah mcmorris was i mean visited usc and it kind of seemed like all right nebraska's somewhat out of it because he decided to go to usc instead of visiting for that big weekend in march but now it looks like nebraska's somewhere in the thick of it yeah i'm not um you know it's it's very cool that USC had Isaiah out there, and Isaiah's a really interesting talent. Just really, really quick, really fun to watch when he gets. You know, I think he's really fun to watch in in space when he gets the ball. He's, he's an excellent kind of wide receiver screen type guy. Um, can give it to him in uh, jet sweeps, play around with him in the backfield. Really, really fun stuff. So uh, that kind of fits USC's offense and and what Lincoln Riley wants to do to a T almost, but, you know, coming from Bellevue West, I think Isaiah, um, he's going to be, he's been around Nebraska, uh, the program for a while now. And, you know, you know, him, uh, not being there for the spring game. I don't know, know if it was that big of a deal in my personal yeah. opinion, because he's just right down the road and he can, uh, take some visits pretty often if he wants to. Yeah, exactly. We're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Okay, Steve, uh, it's been a busy, busy couple of days, especially the last week and a half or so, as uh, Nebraska continues to navigate uh, the, the scholarship limit and stuff like that. A big domino to fall was was late last week in Casey Thompson. It feels like the door is somewhat open for him to return, but the, the chances of that happening are, are slim to none, right? Um. Yeah, I, I – uh... 
you know, if you're asking me my my opinion, I think he's he he won't return. Um, but obviously, never say never in today's college football yeah. uh, landscape. You know, if we're talking about another quarterback, Logan Smothers, uh, that door is absolutely still open. Um, I, I um, or, you know, sources have uh, told us at Inside Nebraska that you know, if if uh, nothing kind of comes about with Logan and his family with with other programs, if nothing really screams like it would be a, a kind of a, a home run. Um, to kind of move over there and go with that program. I, I think Rule and the staff really enjoyed having Logan around. He's an excellent teammate. He's a he's an interesting runner at quarterback, and, and he'd be welcomed back with open arms. So um, don't totally shut the door on Logan Smothers yet, but um, obviously he's got to do what's best for him, and, and he'll do his due diligence and look around at other programs and see what, what fits best for him. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, as, as far as Casey Thompson, I'm – I'm thinking maybe SEC territory. I don't know about you yeah. guys. Yeah, I think I think that's the way Rico and myself are leaning in, yep. in a way. I, yeah. I guess I guess Steve, when you look at Nebraska's quarterbacks now, I'm not so sure if this was expected from from Matt Rule that he expected to lose three quarterbacks to the portal. Um, but here they are. They have three guys on scholarship now. Obviously, they have Jack Wosh in that room as well. Is it possible that? They look at a transfer portal quarterback if Logan and I, Casey, for that matter, don't decide to return. Yeah, I was thinking about that myself, and you know, you I think you would like a body in there, another a scholarship body in there. Um, but uh, you know that I always kind of viewed that extra body as potentially Logan Smothers, maybe. But if yeah. it's not, I could definitely see them um, kind of dipping their toe in the portal and seeing what's out there as as far as scholarship quarterback. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, over, over the weekend, or I guess not weekend, uh, Friday, he was, um, that, that news with Casey Thompson kind of just, uh, took me by surprise. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but you know, after the fact and after you look at things big picture wise, um, it does kind of seem obvious that he would, um, enter the portal and look for, you know, he's only got one season left. So obviously he wants to play and doesn't want to uh, be a backup anywhere. Um, so I guess it does make sense, but I guess, I don't know. I was, I was expecting him to stay. Mm-hmm. for fall camp and maybe battle, but uh, maybe that's just not how things are done anymore in college football, especially in this landscape in 2023. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Friday's news kind of surprised me, but, uh, yeah, I could see Nebraska going after a, a scholarship quarterback for sure, and, you know, maybe it's Smothers, maybe it's not. Steve, that, that comment that you made was really interesting about kind of keeping depth in 2023, and I want to talk about that big picture here in a couple minutes, but first – we we talked all off season, and I guess it still is the off season about how how good of a running back room Nebraska had when you when you incorporated AJ Allen, but obviously he is now in the transfer portal. Um, he had a really promising couple of games prior to the injury that kept him out the rest of the year. How much, if I guess, if at all, does this change your mindset surrounding that running back room now that AJ Allen is in the portal? Yeah, that was another surprise, um, honestly, last night when that news came across uh, social media. But, you know, I remember writing it at Inside Nebraska right after the news came out. And, you know, entering the, entering the spring practices, you had to really, really love Nebraska's running back room. You had a big three of Anthony Grant, uh, Gabe Irvin, and then, uh, yeah, A.J. Allen. Um, but now with you, you subtract Allen from the equation. And honestly, guys, I, I still like where – the running back room is right now. Um, we've uh, it, just listened to Matt Rule talk about Gabe Irvin. The guy uh, sounds like he has a love affair with Gabe Irvin, and I understand mm-hmm. why. Gabe is 
is huge. He's physical. Um, he's fast. Uh, he's not a perfect running back. I think he needs to work on patience and, you know, uh, working on hitting the right hole in the run game, just like Anthony Grant. I think Anthony Grant's kind of the same way where he gets fed up so quickly and sometimes he doesn't go through the right hole. Um, but, um, you know, when you also think about what the running back room has, so you have Gabe Irvin, you have Anthony Grant, then just I think a lot of people forget about Ramir Johnson, and I know Ramir is kind of along the same lines as A.J. Allen, and that was one of my issues with A.J., honestly, uh, last year. I know a lot of people like him, and I'm not taking anything away from A.J. Allen. He's a really talented running back. He had probably the best home run speed out of anybody in that room. Um, it'd be an interesting foot race between him and Ramir Johnson, but um, – he just didn't look like a Big Ten running back to me. He was uh, around 190 pounds, five foot ten, 190 pounds, and yes, he. I'm again. I know I'm sounding bad right now, but yeah, uh, he he. Uh, you know, he had a really great true freshman season, and it, and it it's a bummer that he only lasted four games because of the broken collarbone. But when I look at look around in in the Big Ten about the running backs who do well, they look like Gabe Irvin Jr. They look like Anthony Grant. Um, so, you know, and I know, uh, Ramir Johnson brings a different dynamic that AJ Allen does too. He's a threat out of the backfield catching the football. He's a, a speed. I think is his best trait, just like AJ Allen is. Um, so, you know, and, and the thing is I really like, and I really trust what EJ Barthel is going to bring to this room and on the recruiting trail, because they're going to keep uh, recruiting really good running backs to Nebraska. So on the surface, it is shocking. Or at least I was shocked at least. Um, and, and it is kind of disappointing that A.J. Allen did decide to leave because A.J. Allen is really good in some program somewhere is going to get a really talented running back yeah. who can come in right away and, and, and um, basically be your starter, I think. But at the end of the day, you look else, you look elsewhere in this running back room. Gabe, uh, Gabe Irvin Jr. looks to be the guy. Anthony Grant is going to be a heck of a, a backup, and who knows, he might um, be getting some you know starters amount of uh, carries too. But Ramir Johnson – Emmett Johnson, we don't know what he can bring yet. And then you're coming in with the uh, uh, Quentin Ives this summer. Uh, Quentin Ives is a really interesting uh, back at kind of a lanky guy at six foot two, uh, around 190 pounds. But um, EJ Barthel is very, 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 very high on him. So um, you know, AJ Allen, it hurts. To, it hurts to lose him, I think. But ultimately, I think the running back room is going to be fine at Nebraska. We're talking to Steve Mark of, of Inside Nebraska, the rival site for the Huskers. And I guess Steve, when you look specifically at Gabe Irvin. And I guess Anthony Grant could be considered in this conversation as well. What's the realistic ceiling or expectation that we should we should give these guys? Because Rico and I were talking. I mean, as as high as this staff is on Gabe Irvin and and how as much you know promise and potential that we we believe that he has, he he only got to play three games in 2021 prior to suffering or two and a half, if you will, prior to suffering the injury against Oklahoma, and then he played just a very limited amount all of season of last year. What's the realistic ceiling to expect for these guys? Yeah, and I totally, I totally understand that. If if fans aren't completely sold on Gabe Irvin yet, I totally get it. I mean, he has had his injury problems that have kept him off the field and kind of stunted his development and growth on the field. Uh, I totally understand that, and that's that's a viable uh, way to think about it. But um, just looking at you know his when he has been on the field, if you go back and watch the tape and listening to coaches and what they say about him. And then when you look at him, you stand next to him during uh, post, post-practice press conferences, and you see how, how much his body has been physically developed over his three years on campus here. I mean, the guy just looks like a monster. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to him talk, and his mindset just it's, – it's, I, I, I think it's almost like a Thomas Fedoni-type 
uh, level of uh, determination, which is a little bit scary because yeah. nothing is getting in, in Tommy Thomas Fedoni's way of you know th- of kind of thinking that he can't do anything on a football field. And I feel like Gabe Irvin Jr. is along those same lines with the mindset and the determination and the confidence um, that you need to have to play that play you know running back at a high level uh, in in the Big Ten. So, um, you know, and also a, a thing that I kind of want to, to mention here that could possibly happen is, you know, with this offense, Marcus Satterfield's offense and the way EJ Barthel has talked, um, this could be maybe a running back got by committee type type thing where, you know, you really like what Gabe Irvin brings, but then Anthony Grant showed great flashes last year. He had a heck of a start. Um, he, he made something out of nothing so many times Anthony Grant did. It was almost amazing what he, what he uh, wound up doing. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned Ramir Johnson and the, the dynamic that he brings um, as kind of a faster, quicker option. This, this might not be a, a, you know, one running back offense. This could be a running back by committee type thing where Gabe Irvin gets some carries, Anthony Grant gets some carries, Ramir Johnson maybe maybe is the third down back, maybe slides out to a slot receiver sometimes, something like that. Um, so you know, what's the ceiling for those guys? I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I have a good uh, good answer for you, but mm-hmm. I, I I could see um, those three guys uh, for sure maybe having a role in the offense, and that kind of fits along with what Rule has said about he wants almost like hockey line changes. He mentioned that for the defensive line, but I could see that for the running back where you just kind of rotate that big three of Gabe Irvin, uh, Junior, Ramir Johnson, and Anthony Grant throughout the game and, and keep those guys uh, fresh and, and, and running hard. So um, I don't know if that was a good answer for you, but that's yeah. kind of where I'm coming at. Steve, a couple more before before we go ahead and let you go. Okay, going back to this big picture thing, because in the college football world now, it's it's difficult, and I think people are starting to realize it, that it's difficult to sort of build depth at multiple positions, whether that's quarterback, whether that's running back. And by depth, I mean quality depth, right? Um, because now, I, I mean, you look at quarterback room is a perfect example Jeff Sims is going to be the starter, and if Logan Smothers finds a new home, that drop-off from QB1 to QB2 is going to be pretty significant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, you know, if you if you go back and watch the spring game, a lot of people, a lot of the coaches are obviously high on Heinrich Harburg's athleticism, but the question with Heinrich was always, you know, his passing ability and how, how was his um, ability to read defensive coverages and how was his – passing accuracy i think fans kind of got a glimpse at what the coaches were seeing all spring practice where mm-hmm. it didn't really look that great um through the with um heinrich harberg and his passing his his accuracy just didn't look to be there he looked like he struggled with it all all uh spring spring game and we uh fans obviously got a, a full taste of chubba purdy obviously last year and that was kind of a grind too with, with Chuba. He looked completely lost at times. I mean, we don't have to go, we don't have to rehash all of it, but mm-hmm. um, behind Jeff Sims. Yeah. It just doesn't look good right now. Obviously we know what Heinrich can do with his legs and that's, that's a good option, but you need a legit throwing, uh, throwing threat in, in the big 10. And yeah, I mean, when you're looking at quarterback depth, you're absolutely right, Nick. And 2023 with everything going on with college football, with NIL, it's extremely, extremely hard to keep a good quarterback room because these guys want to play and, you know, things go on in social media. Guys guys hop in other guys' direct messages and say, hey, what are you feeling? Why don't you come over here? 
that stuff is real and that stuff happens. And I'm not saying that happened with Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson obviously wanted to to play his his last year here. Um, But, you know, this is going to happen every single season, and it creates more headaches for personnel people, for head coaches. And it's just another thing to add on top of um, for for head coaches to worry about. But I don't know if there's a good answer uh, I'm giving right now, but uh, it it continues to be very, very difficult. And you're absolutely right, Nick. I mean – I don't know if there's an answer for this, the way things are going, but every single season it's going to be a revolving door almost um, with at every single position in college football, and quarterback might be the craziest of them all. Yeah, you talk about craziest. I mean, you look at I mean Nebraska's roster over just the last two years. I, I mentioned it in the first segment. It's they've They've had to go to the transfer portal to find their leading receiver the last two yeah. years, and potentially now three years if Billy Kemp – or yep. Josh Fleeks ends up being the leading receiver for Nebraska in 2023. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be something. And and what I always try to keep in my mind is Nebraska is not alone in this. I mean, every uh-huh. single yep, program exactly. is going to go through this. So Nebraska is not the only one that's having to do this. But um, yeah, it's just big picture wise, it just makes doesn't really make the college football landscape. I think. Um, I don't know, desirable. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it's not a good look, I guess. But uh, maybe I'm getting old. I am 32 years old, guys. So uh, maybe, maybe change isn't, isn't good for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be, a like I said, I go back to head coaches and position coaches and, and what a revolving door it's going to be, um, you know, finding, finding guys to fill out your roster and, and trying to find depth charts and everything like that. So, um, just interesting times in college football, but you know it's interesting times for everybody and not just Nebraska. Okay, last one because you wrote an article over the NFL draft in Nebraska over at Inside Nebraska, and Nebraska for for the listeners out there, Nebraska hasn't had a first round draft pick since Prince Amukamara in 2011, or if you ask yeah. Prince himself, he pronounces it Amukamara. Uh, is how he pronounces <laughs> his last name. But anyway, it hasn't been a first round pick since Prince in 2011. And, and Steve, you made a glaring statement in that article that said, quote, since 2011, Iowa has had nine first-rounders, Boston College has had five, Pittsburgh has had four, and Northwestern has had three. And all of those programs had a first-round selection in the 2023 draft. Just overall thoughts on that, because that's that's a glaring statement on on through multiple coaching staffs just the last 12 years in Nebraska. Yeah, I think it just paints the story about Nebraska's football program and where it's at, you know, since, you know, the the olden times, I guess. But uh yeah, and then if you keep going, you know, with the with the Jets selecting Will McDonald, that edge guy, and then uh the Chiefs going with the defensive end um from Kansas State. Yeah. You you have Kansas State and Iowa State as, you know, they have as many first round picks since 2011 as Nebraska does. And I just wow. kept thinking to myself if you're if you're a coach from like Boston College or Iowa or Northwestern even or Pittsburgh and now Iowa State and Kansas State and you're trying to get a recruit to commit to your team and not Nebraska, you know, that's going to be a heck of a recruiting pitch in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Come here and we're going to develop you better than Nebraska can. So I think that's that's what that that what you know, that's been working against the Huskers lately. But you know, when you hire Matt Rule, I think Trev Alberts had a had a, you know, he knows how important developing football players is here and how much um, of a culture fit, you know, it is, it is here to, to be able to take 
a, a kid and develop him for three or four seasons and, and have him really kind of stand out in that fourth or fifth season. So, you know, Rule has had plenty of, plenty of um, you know, examples of him at Temple and at Baylor at taking these, un- as taking these under-recruiting kids and building them up and make, turning them into good football players and good football players that NFL franchises are okay with drafting, spending a draft pick on. And I think mm-hmm. that was just that's just really cool. Um, like I said, he has plenty of examples of it, and I think he's going to do it at Nebraska. And, you know, for Nebraska to start winning more games that it has, you got to develop these kids better than they've been developed. So uh, I think, you know, Matt Rule is known for developing programs, and he's known for developing kids. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's just – I think it's it's a good thing that Matt Rule is here, and I think he'll do it. So he, I think he's going to start pumping, be the one who's going to start pumping out more uh, draft picks. We don't have to just narrow it down to first round draft picks, um, but I think he's going to have some of those. I don't know. I just got feeling. I, I I really like Matt Rule and what he's what he's about and what his plan is. I guess at Nebraska. Good stuff, Steve. Hey, appreciate the time as always. Uh, sorry, kept you a little, a couple minutes longer than usual. Um, I know you as a 32 year old and now a dad, you might need a little bit of a nap in the afternoon. So I apologize. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I, I uh, definitely need a nap. <laughs> All right, Steve. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you. All right, thanks, guys. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. Um, un- or excuse me, Curtis and Lincoln asked what happened to the other quarterback from Mississippi. So that's Jack Wosh, um, who we've mentioned a couple of times. He's a walk-on guy. I- I'm not necessarily sure if if how much does he play? Into how much the does he play into in the competition? I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think also part of it, um, it's it's. Nebraska's previous staff always had five quarterbacks on scholarship mm-hmm. every single year. They kept five on scholarship. And uh, we know this staff, this is what makes it interesting, because if they're going to try to maybe get by with just three scholarships and Jack Wosh, we know this staff is going to get a 2024 guy. Mm-hmm. We know this this staff is going to get a high school quarterback in their next recruiting class. It's just a matter of if it's the long shot in Dylan Raiola or is it yeah somebody else that that maybe isn't even on their radar quite yet, um, or a transfer if that if if you will. So let's take a break. When we come back, we talk uh, a little bit of NBA with Austin, probably a little NFL draft as well. See how he's doing after his Colts uh, take Anthony Richardson in the first round. Talk to him a little bit about that on Friday, but then he freaked out about Jim Irsay. Yeah, that was the thing. Potentially taking uh, Will Levis as well. I wish Will Levis would. eventually did get drafted. So we'll kind of dive all into that uh, coming up in the next couple minutes here on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.